What might it look like to go beyond talking about people being at the heart of hospitality to showing it through communication and design of all types? In this episode, you'll hear Ben Pundle, the executive vice president of brand, culture, and experience at public hotels, talk about what remarkable hospitality is, how a recent trip brought this to life for him, and how he's doing this with his digital media brand, A Hotel Life. Hospitality. 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 Hospitality brings people together. This is Hospitality Daily, the show that helps you stay informed and inspired each day by the most interesting people in hospitality. My name is Josiah McKenzie, and my goal is to help you reconnect with why you work in this industry and get fired up to go out there, delight others, and reach your goals. Let's get started. What is remarkable hospitality? I think to put it in a simple form, it's people taking care of people. And I think we have gone so far from that concept to come back to something as simple as people taking care of people is in itself remarkable because a lot of people in hospitality, whether it's hotels, restaurants, cruise lines, you name it, they're all in it for different reasons. And I think those reasons have become so fragmented. And I think we need to reel it back in and really identify what it initially meant. Hospitality is people taking care of people. People taking care of people. Was there an experience that you've had as a guest somewhere where you felt taken care of? Just to illustrate that, what does that feel like? Good question. I have had a lot of experiences in hotels over the past uh, three decades. And I think one of the greatest experiences I've had recently was actually in 2022 at a relatively new hotel called Venice Venice in Venice. And it was created and is operated by the original founder of Golden Goose, the clothing line, the sneaker line. And he's originally from Venice and traveled the world, I think went to school in California. And he sold his company, wanted to really give back to Venice, moved back to Venice and bought an old palazzo and created this magical Venetian oasis, which really encompassed kind of 360 hospitality. And by that, I mean, he cared as much about his employees, about his vendors, as he did his guests. So I think we were having a chat earlier about this misconception that everybody who works in hospitality has a similar experience to the guests they're serving. Well, they don't. And you know that. And it's a shame. And And at Venice, Venice, in the restaurant, on the walls are the photographs of the purveyors, of the people who provide the fish and the meat and the vegetables. And they're these incredible portraits of these farmers and fishermen. And it's just this beautiful sense that this hotel has really assumed a responsible role in the community. And so, uh, you know, I know this is a long-winded answer to your question, but I felt great. I felt great knowing that I was staying in a place that treated its employees, that treated its vendors as well as it did its guests or in a similar fashion. It was thoughtful, responsible hospitality. And that's what makes me feel great. You are the founder of Hotel Life, and it is an incredible uh, publication, digital publication 
that tells the stories of hospitality providers. You mentioned in other interviews your fascination with digital media. I'm curious how you're thinking about this now. You've you built such a hit on the media front. What were, I guess, the missed opportunities in storytelling? You mentioned how this one hospitality provider was doing storytelling. How did you get started with digital media creation and created a hotel life? I had no experience, background, or education in, in digital media whatsoever. And I was playing football, soccer, one day in 2012 with my friend, also called Ben. And we went for a pint afterwards, and I literally wrote on a napkin. I said, well, nobody is speaking to a creative community about hotels and travel. And I despised, at the time, travel journalism. Why is that? Because it was boring and long-winded and it, I just felt like it didn't speak to me and it was so overly sincere and there was nothing fun about it. It did not make me feel like an elevated, more excited version of myself. It kind of bored me. So I sat there literally with a napkin with Benji and I just drew out, wouldn't it be great if we could start a website where, and this was before a lot of um, user-generated content, where we become the hotel reviewers and let's review the hotels in the way in the way that we speak to each other is it exciting is the crowd good what's the music like is there stealable stuff something that was a little punchy and a little different from is it you know close to the center of town and is it good value so we set out we being me and i coerced a couple of friends into joining me and made a very kind of visual hotel review website that also reported on kind of global travel and lifestyle culture. And then at the same time, we interviewed great people in the industry. And those great people in, in the industry were not just the people creating the hotels. They were the bartenders and the florists, all the great, great people surrounding the industry or in the industry that helps really move it forward in a, in a way that, that the guest might not, might not notice or recognize. What was the impact of moving beyond just the developers or the owners or even the general managers into the frontline providers of hospitality? What did that allow you to do? It enabled us to broaden the appeal to great people who were line staff or offering services that aren't usually written about or given media attention. I feel visiting the website, something I've enjoyed for years is both the visual nature of it, but how you're communicating the properties feels so different from other publications. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you set it up to be different and to give people a sense of what these properties offered? I set out for wanting to include properties that spoke to people like me. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it meant something different then. But just made you feel good, that had a certain taste level, that were experience-focused. And they could have been a two-bedroom boathouse in Berlin or a lakeside palace in Stad and everything in between. But they had to have this sense of, of taste, of experience, of excitement. They had to make you feel great. So it wasn't about luxury and it wasn't about value either. It was just about taste. It was about creativity. So I hopefully, even today, you can go on to a hotel life and, and, and see one of the six, 700 reviews, and they will all have a somewhat similar appeal because they have a certain level of taste and creativity that will hopefully appeal to the audience. Is tasting creativity something you're born with, or do you feel like it's something that's cultivated over time? Oh, there's a question. I think it's something that you should identify and then pay attention to and feed the curiosity for creativity if that's your desire. Some people feed the creativity for mathematics, but so feed their passion for, for mathematics. That's certainly not me. I've also worked 
for Ian Schrager since, in some capacity, since 1999. So I'm programmed to think about what the guest may potentially anticipate, you know, half a step, one step, two steps ahead in, in various things, whether it is design, food and beverage, nightlife. And then my own personal interests are are very different from that. They are wellness and sustainability. And I think the two combined allow me to have a somewhat unique perspective on hospitality. Also, I must say, I genuinely like taking care of people. So I think maybe I just get that from my mum or, you know, who used to have a catering business back in London, or I'm not sure where that comes from, but I genuinely like making people feel good. For more on this, I encourage you to check out my other episode with Ben talking about working with Ian Schrager, which I've linked to in the show notes. Before we go, I want to let you know about a few more things. First, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app to stay inspired each day by actionable insights from the most interesting people in hospitality. Second, I've started sharing videos and photos from the stories on the show on Instagram and YouTube. So if you'd like to see those or watch along, I encourage you to follow Hospitality Daily there so we can stay in touch. Third, if you'd like to listen to more conversations like the one you just heard, visit this podcast website at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. I've spent a lot of time building out this website because I want to make it really easy for you to listen to the topics and guests that you are interested in, whether that's culture and leadership or operations or technology or something else. Browse and search the entire library of more than 400 episodes for some of the top leaders and innovators in hospitality at podcast.hospitalitydaily.com. Dot com to get ideas for delighting the people around you and reaching your business and career goals. I produce this podcast each day and give it away for free because I want us all to learn and grow together. If you enjoyed today's episode, I just have one favor to ask. Please take a moment to text or email this episode to a friend or colleague who might appreciate it as well. They'll be grateful to hear from you and what we covered in the show can help them as I hope it helped you today. Thanks for listening and I'll see you here tomorrow. 